0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to High Time for Change. This is my second show, and I just wanted to take a minute to thank profusely everyone for all the feedback that they've been giving me. I've been so touched and so blown away. Not only how many people listen to this that I personally don't think have a dog in this fight, but they listen to it because they cared about me and believed in me, but also the people that are reaching out to me You know, people I've known for many years and had no idea that they were struggling with some of the same things. And one friend told me that listening to my podcast basically brought back the struggle they've been having for like 30 years. You know, they're adult diagnosed neurodivergent, just like I am, and have had the whole lifetime of associated changes and problems and things holding them back. So that meant so much to me. I'm just glad to know that I'm reaching people. If I help one person, through this, I'll be happy. Like that's my greatest reward is to share what I've gone through with others and just hope that it'll touch them in some way. So thank you everyone who's reached out. Your support means so much to me. Even both my parents listened to the whole podcast and I know that was difficult for them. So thank you everyone for your support. Um, Today we're going to be taking kind of an aerial view of the clusterfuck of addiction. Um, Today's episode is called Head Games, after the song by the great band Foreigner. Um, Oh, what tangled webs we weave when first we practice to engage in absolutely anything that will dull our pain and our boredom and our misery and our loneliness. So, yeah, we're going to go over the whole kit and caboodle. This is kind of taking you to school, which is something that I love to do. I also love taking you to church. So, um, let's get right in. Addiction is defined as repeating a certain act or behavior over and over despite negative consequences and feeling withdrawal when you don't and being likely to relapse if you try to stop. Um, The parts of addiction are salience, which I am not going to make assumptions here about the education level or vocabulary of any of my listeners. I'm going to go ahead and just define words that are a little bit out of the norm. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody, just trying to be inclusive. So salience uh, is defined as a conspicuous or striking feature of something. So salience, mood modification, tolerance, Withdrawal symptoms, conflict in the user's life, and relapse. That pretty much encapsulates what addiction is, and it can be so many ways that you abuse yourself in addiction. I know that everybody's aware of the physical addictions, uh, alcohol, illicit drugs, prescription drugs, tobacco. That's so not it, though, that there's so much more. And I also want to point out here, I've sort of noticed since being in the recovery community that people tend to separate alcoholism and illicit drug use. Alcoholism is absolutely every bit a monster that any other addiction is or more, because it is so socially acceptable, it's legal, and it's very prevalent. And you know, It's what people have been doing for years. I'm sure a lot of people's grandparents had a cocktail hour. I'm sure a lot of people's parents have a cocktail hour. I'm sure everyone's used to drinking for a celebratory or social event. It's just very prevalent. So alcoholism is a beast too. Uh, don't put that apart from other drug use. Okay, moving on. We've got gambling. This is huge for people. Sports betting, online casinos, which actually combines two addictions, internet addiction and gambling addiction, Uh, casino gambling, lottery tickets, mega millions, bingo and pull tabs, um, scratch-offs. I can't even tell you the number of people I've encountered in the last couple of years who literally blow through scratch-offs like it's going out of style. Even if they have literally no money for anything, they'll sometimes even buy it before dope. It's crazy. And the craziest part is they tend to like doing that crossword, like where you, you know, it's a crossword puzzle and you scratch off individual letters and then see if you won. I can't stand all that. It's just, it's a very bizarre thing I've noticed, the whole scratch off addiction Moving on, we've got internet addiction. This has been massive in my life and it's massive in a lot of people's lives. We've got people that are addicted to social media who scroll and post on Facebook 24 hours a day, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, chatting online. That's a major thing. If I had never started chatting online, oh, what I could have avoided. I mean, literally, it blows my mind what the internet has done to my life, both positive and negative. on to the next in our laundry list of ways to fuck yourself shopping and spending um you know there's all this sugar daddy crap and that's both an addiction on the side of the baby and the daddy you know the daddy likes to pay and be needed and you know be the only one and baby just wants more and more and more uh shopping and spending addiction can lead to pyramiding debt. Um, that leads to other things like, uh, payday loans, tribal loans, taking out other types of loans that maybe your spouse or people close to you don't know about. And then it can even lead to financial fraud. I mean, once you get so behind the eight ball, desperate measures. Absolutely. Uh, moving on video games. This is huge. Not only in a lot of people's lives, but it was huge in my life. I don't mean I'm a video game player. I mean, Mike was an addictive video game player. He was absolutely obsessed with Call of Duty, Final Fantasy, um, There are a lot of people, you know, Call of Duty is huge for a lot of people, role-playing games. Uh, Then they talk about their games on Discord with other players. You know, it's a lot about video games. It's being in another world that you are in control of. Uh, A lot of times when you're into violent or fighting games, you're kind of taking back the power that you never had. Maybe you were abused when you were younger. Maybe you're in a bad situation. In the video game, you're the boss. The reality is whatever you make it, you can win, you can destroy people, you can shoot them, blow them up, whatnot. I mean, when you watch someone playing video games, just watch them. Watch what they say when they're about to die. Watch what they say when they're shooting somebody. That's what's going on inside, literally. Uh, Video games are are something that literally consume a lot of people's lives. Um, I, I really don't know the statistics on this, but Just a lot of things that I've seen in recent years. Um, Video games, especially for young men, as a way to escape the trauma that they've had in younger years, it just really mushrooms. I mean, Mike would sometimes play for over 20 hours at a time. And, you know, I'd ask if he was coming to bed, whatever. You know, he'd say 10 minutes, and then I'd wake up in the morning, and he never even came to bed. And I really wish that I had done things differently there. I was angry and resentful about the time spent on the game, even though I bought him the Xbox and the game, uh, because it made him so happy. But I wish I could have just seen that he was so comfortable there, in his other world, shooting people, destroying people, being in charge. It was so alluring and therapeutic for him. I wish I had not had such a fit about it. But those are just my, my addiction and my needs coming into play. And I can't take it back now, unfortunately. Um, another huge addiction in this country, food, dieting, working out addiction, body dysmorphia. We've got binging, uh, purging, anorexia, bulimia, laxative abuse, stimulant abuse, which can also lead to further abuse of actual illicit stimulants, um, steroids, obsessive dieting, obsessive working out. Um, when someone's weight fluctuates with their trauma or what they're going through in life. I mean, I've been all over the map in life. And when I'm going through it, (laughs) I'm a big girl, okay? The worst that I've ever gone through in my life, though, when I was on the street walking around with a backpack 24 hours a day in negative five-degree weather, I was in the best shape of my life. I always thought all my life, once I lost my weight, my life would begin. Everything would be cool. I'd be the real me. (laughs) The thinnest I've ever been, the best I ever looked, the best shape I've ever been in my life, I was absolutely street-ass homeless and drastically addicted to drugs. So that just goes to show you uh, sometimes the incredible significance that we can place upon issues that are not the issue. Um, Along with this food and dieting addiction, we've got plastic surgery and appearance addiction. Um you know, extensions, wigs, nails, you know, dramatic makeup, permanent makeup, addiction to taking and posting selfies constantly, which then leads to another addiction, attention addiction, uh, body modification, getting a lot of tattoos and piercings, especially all at once. You know, I know everyone says, oh, I need some ink therapy. Yeah, they are addictive. I got my first tattoo at 39 years old, when my life first started to slide into the toilet, and I got a whole bunch of them in rapid succession. I don't really regret any of them. I mean, I've got three of them that are just embarrassing. I mean, calling them a caveman line drawing would be um, inaccurately flattering, but it is what it is. I wouldn't even want to cover up the reminders of the mistakes that I've made. They are what they are, and they tell me a lot about my mindset at the time. So I don't regret that. Uh, plastic surgery addiction, as far as people even going to other countries to get better deals on it, and you know, the sanitation isn't the same, the you know rules and regulations aren't the same, very, very dangerous. Um, surgery addiction can also lead to prescription pill addiction you often are given painkillers when you have all this surgery over and over again those are opiates you know they're not joking it's no joke and that's how a lot of people go down the tubes you know prescription opiates for surgery and you know along with that there's all the only fans instagram models constantly having to keep up with every other model who's posting, which there are thousands and thousands. And then the sexual predators that hone in on your vulnerability and see your addictive tendencies and just make you their prime target. I mean, literally, there are some young ladies I see out there. One in particular, God, she was gorgeous. Her body was ridiculous. She was just a really cute girl. But she was so addicted to attention and she had such a bad drug addiction it just caused her to, to act out in front of a bunch of people who were also intoxicated. She just looked like a field-dressed deer for these predatory guys. I mean, m- men can get pretty sexually aggressive and violent when they're on certain drugs. It was just absolutely cringeworthy, intolerable to see her go on like this, but you couldn't tell her anything about it. It was just an avalanche rolling downhill, picking up more and more and more. And I hear that she's doing well and she's sober now and I can only hope because she was a really beautiful, clever girl. Um, Moving on. This is a huge, huge part of addiction too. Um, These are thrill-seeking and risk-taking activities. They offer a rush. They're a compulsive behavior and they give you a high just exactly like injecting drugs does. And it's quick and it's strong. We are, you know, once you get a taste of adrenaline, or once you start, you know, getting really high, you get a sense memory of that. It really does run you, you know, searching for that physical feeling again. And here I'm gonna take a really quick diversion because I wanna to remember to uh, recommend this video. I saw a YouTube video when I was in recovery and it was absolutely amazing. It was incredibly accurate, chilling, relatable, just a really cool video. Um, it is an animated video, um, and it's by an outfit called After School, um, after S-K-O-O-L on YouTube, and the video I'm talking about is an animated, um, version of, a talk about addiction that's given by an amazing doctor named Gabor Mate, G A B O R M A T E. I really recommend that everyone look that up on YouTube after school. Gabor Mate, what is addiction? It'll blow your mind. Anyway, thrill seeking and risk taking. Um, this goes along with, you know, a lot of body modifications. Um, becoming a sudden adrenaline junkie and, and engaging in activities that are way more extreme than you did before, skydiving, um, going out, getting a motorcycle when you've never really had one before, um, liking to participate or watch extreme fighting in sports, you know, outdoor sex, anonymous sex, it's not safe. Um, you just get tunnel vision. All you can see is that act that is giving you this rush of pleasure and you know, distracting you from the daily mundane, painful details of this mortal coil. I mean, that's literally all you're seeing down that tunnel is what you're looking for. And your focus becomes so incredibly singular, it's terrifying. Another uh, thrill-seeking, risk-taking behavior that's common is starting to steal and then getting addicted to theft, Um, making emotional outbursts and causing public outcry, Um, destruction, vandalism, all this stuff This really, really produces a a huge high and people really get stuck on that. If you think about the prevalence of extreme what the fuck ever in our culture now, it's everywhere, literally everywhere. Why are we so hard to get off? You know what I'm saying? Why is the porn so extreme? Why are the drugs so strong? Why are there animal tranquilizers for something 20 times bigger than you are in drugs? It's just, we are so... (laughs) Past the satiety point, it's unreal. And almost every major, huge global issue can be traced back to just needing so much more than is necessary. There is such a thing as being too free. And I believe that we've gotten there in America, at least by far. Um, Another really big one is sex, porn, adult lifestyle addiction um people who are either addicted to uh sex work as far as being the consumer or who are interested in being um the giver you know it's this is a very titillating thing on both sides it's a very addictive behavior it's secretive it's pleasurable I mean, we are literally just animals. I remember asking my wonderful poppy when I was a kid, you know, what the difference between humans and animals was. And this has really stuck out to me my entire life. My poppy just said the difference is that humans are tame. Well, yeah, but not really anymore. I mean, what type of total nonsense, mass violence, over the top crimes have you seen in the news recently? I mean, that's really all there is. It just blows your mind. Like, what made someone do that? Yeah, what did make someone do that? That's what we're talking about right now. That's what we're going to cover in this whole show. What does make people do that? Anyway, there are a lot of people who get addicted to porn, viewing porn. They can't get aroused. They can't have sex with a normal partner uh, because they are so jaded by the porn, Um, they're their ideals of beauty, their ideals of, of sexual gratification become skewed. And, you know, this is something that can just go on and on and on and on. It can start with, you know, maybe a husband watching porn. The wife's not into it. He's got to hide it from her. And then, you know, watching the porn, he's getting the chatterbait ads. And, you know, find singles near you. And then he's into you know, the cam girls and the whatever. It just, it goes so far. There are a lot of people who are addictively using, um, BDSM. Um, a lot of people who are addicted to online chat in a sexual or romantic nature, you know, having long distance relationships with all sorts of people all over the place, each one satisfying some different facet of your desires that you're ashamed of, you know, A lot of women also in addiction are driven into sex work, and if you didn't get into sex work because you're an addict and you need the money, you're going to get into drugs through the sex work. It's just a fact. They are irretrievably linked. Um, Everybody now that you see has an OnlyFans. You know, why is there such an enormous market for seeing absolutely any type of a stranger nude or in a compromising position or having sex or masturbating? It's just so debased, but that's what our vices are. They are our most primal uh, feelings and emotions and desires, uh, the things that we you know, just don't want to bring to light, even though everybody has them. The more you're hiding your stuff, the deeper you get mired in it. It just falls down, down, down. Trust me, I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with a lot of people. Um, so what starts as a porn addiction, um, can lead to financial ruin, you know, paying for sex work, cam girls, um, you know, tributing, dominatrix, everything. Um, it can lead to adultery, uh, it can lead to STDs for you and your your actual partner. It's it's a big one, and t- sex is so incredibly saturating our entire culture now that you know it's just inviting more and more of the beast to come out. Sometimes I wonder. If anyone, including the executives who market all of these massively addictive substances and acts and whatever, the the sex work and, you know, the porn industry, alcohol, I wonder if anyone has any care about the consequences of pulling more and more people into this hole. I mean, the answer clearly has to be no, because if there's money in it, it's fair game. People are doing it anyway, right? People are going to get it somewhere, That's what I always used to say to some people who were selling dope that I knew. You know, how can you do this to this person? You know that they've got kids, and why are you selling to them? You know, they're going to get it from somewhere. I may as well make the money. Okay, well, if we all turn our eyes away from what is the biggest problem in the room, uh, you know where we're going to end up, and that's why we are where we are. Everyone's passing the buck and looking to the next person as long as the dollars are coming in. Let's just wait and see. And I think we're seeing. Um, there are so many other little offshoots of this. We've got attention addiction, you know, people who are addicted to the feedback and adulation of others. And this is something that I really used to suffer from extremely. Um, like I said, I've been all up and through the internet for years and years and years. I got it when I was a freshman in college, and it's been on and popping since then. But, um, I could never have done this podcast project anywhere close to (laughs) now. I mean, now is the only time that I'm in the frame of mind to actually handle uh, public attention and, you know, operating in a public frame of mind and getting a lot of feedback from people that I know and don't know. I could never process that normally before. I wouldn't have been doing this with the intentions as pure as I'm doing it now. I would just be doing it to generate meaningless attention, which used to mean the world to me. Meaningless attention used to be one of the most important things in my life and I'm not proud of that It just is what it is And i'm so thankful that I was released from those chains because that's very very limiting When you don't do anything for yourself and you're doing everything just to be seen. What are you? What are you? I didn't know Now I do. That's why I can handle this now Activism addiction. This is a really big one Uh, Frankly, I don't see why this isn't more noticed. Um, Have you ever had a friend who became a vegan or something or wanted to you know, campaign for animal rights or do a whole bunch of charity work and that literally became their entire being? I've seen that a lot of times and I totally respect activism. I've been active in many causes that I believe in in my life and this is the one that I'm doing now. But I'm not throwing myself into it the way I used to. I used to volunteer, cook at homeless shelters, soup kitchens, animal shelter, uh, fundraising for my office at the time, all sorts of stuff. I used to drown myself in that. I was also a mother at that time of three children who are less than three years apart, all of them. I was so overburdened all the time, but I was doing it, number one, to avoid looking at myself and examining my own problems, and number two, to try and feel good doing something, and number three, uh, get praise for ignoring my own problems and throwing all of my effort elsewhere. Uh, I've done that many times. I started doing it really heavily when I first had my children, and I threw myself completely down the rabbit hole when I ended up on the street. I would literally break my neck to help any other person get by. Um, You know, I have fought with four people over a freaking can of corn, and then was just like, oh, you take it. They didn't even want the corn. I hadn't eaten in days, but go on ahead. That was the point to which my self-sacrifice had gotten. The more I screw myself out of, the more I am somehow making atonement for all the ways that I've hurt the legitimate people in my actual family and life. So that was my reasoning it made a whole lot of sense to me at the time, and it does make some sort of sense. But yeah, activism addiction is very real. Hobby addiction too. Um, it's great to have a hobby. It's stress relief. It's fun. It's something that you can do that's out of the regular doldrums of your day. It's great to be creative, and there's also a lot of money to be made with crafting. You know, on Etsy or marketplace or whatever you choose to do. But when you are burying yourself in a hobby, Um, Spending all of your money on it, all of your spare time, whatever. um, That is just another form of overconsumption and addiction. Have you gotten the message yet that addiction is basically doing mostly normal things that can be neutral, but it's the way you're doing them. It's the way you're using them for you. And that's uh, where the problem lies. So... In short, an addictive behavior is something that causes a priority shift. Are you putting this before other things, even things that seem of paramount importance? Yes, this might be a problem. Lack of control when it comes to the behavior or the substance or whatever it is you're engaging in. You... Don't have an ability to self-limit with the amount, the frequency that you use it, and you're beginning to hide things from people. You're beginning to make concessions so that this thing can come first. Also, increased tolerance. The more you perform the act, the more you take the drug, the longer you take the drug, the more you build up that tolerance. I mean, soon you're barely above water. I mean, I cannot tell you how many dear friends I've had who were at the point with their heroin consumption that they literally could never even get high. It was basically a constant, you know, stone rolling up a hill just to stay not sick. I mean, I've seen people, you know, say say we're all getting high in a group, and Everyone's using the same dope. Everyone else is catching an ultra fade. And I've seen, you know, the person who's, who's not and who's barely unsick just frantically looking at everyone else with just utter and complete jealousy and, you know, hopelessness. Like, why aren't I this high? Because you've gotten a tolerance. And a tolerance is something that you can build up to anything, not just consuming physical drugs. We build up a tolerance to, you know, the porn nothing shocking anymore. Um, we build up a tolerance to our thrill seeking activities to where they no longer even seem like a risk and they just keep getting more and more extreme. Um, tolerance is a dangerous thing. You know, these people I'm talking about who are on that hairline between, you know, high and just not sick. Yeah, they can, uh, their choices are barely unsick or die instantly basically. That's, that's her options at that point. And that's the point that a lot of people get to with a lot of addictions uh, up against the wall. Um, increased risk-taking with whatever the behavior is. Um, I think we all know, I'm sure we all know, that when we start to take up a certain activity or start to dabble in certain drugs, that we are going down a dangerous path. But that in an addictive mindset, normally lasts about 0.2 seconds. And then you start advancing, you know, through all the gears and getting faster and faster and faster. And eventually you're going to hit a wall going 200 miles an hour. That's just how it goes. Um, Also, when you start to experience withdrawal symptoms, um, when you don't do the activity, you know, you, you literally, Of course, if you're physically addicted to something, you're having physical illness and symptoms. But you can have just as strong of symptoms when you stop doing an addictive behavior. That's what keeps driving you back. Um, When the act is causing problems in your life, but you're ignoring the problems, you're racking up consequences, but nothing is bad enough. It's just, you know, let's keep forging ahead. And finally, when you try to stop this behavior, you might be able to get a rain on it for a short time, but then it's back and you've relapsed. So these are um, all the salient points of addiction. These are just some ways that addiction can manifest. There are so many more, but these are the big ones. And as we go through the show, I'm going to be exploring more in depth all of these and more. The thinking behind it, the actual acts, you know, the the consequences that are common. We're going to handle all of it. But um, it's going to take some time. This is just the aerial view. And there's so much more to it. So thank you so much for joining me again today. Um, I'm going to try and do this at least once a week, possibly two. But thank you so much for joining me again. I hope that you've learned something about yourself or a loved one. So what might you be doing right now for the wrong reasons? What might you be doing a little bit too much of? What might someone have mentioned uh, something to you about? What are you hiding? And do you realize it now? Do you think you can slow it down? That's the question. And we're going to be addressing all this and more as we go through this together. So thanks for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you be well and love yourselves and each other. Thanks.